0: Yo, 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 forgot to put the video behind me there. Usually I was trying something clever in the last few times and just fading it out gently rather than this sudden abruption of the music stopping. But welcome to Vox World. I'm your host, as always, Kane Sims. Uh, and I am joined today, uh, looking forward to this conversation. It's another Gartner Magic Quadrant uh, company, conversational AI platform, Yellow AI. I'm speaking to Kish already, who's the co-founder and CTO. And we're going to be diving into the platform and generally actually talking about the whole conversational AI pipeline and the kind of components that you need if you're going to start trying to set up yourself to uh, to have success with conversational automation and such. But before I bring on Kishore, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor today, Deepgram. Uh, if you've been tuning into the podcast over the last few months, you'll be familiar with Deepgram. It is industry-leading speech recognition technology. Companies all over the world are using Deepgram to build conversational AI at immense accuracy. The speech recognition is really accurate it's good, compared to other providers out there. Uh, it is pretty pretty good and you can also retrain it based on your specific industry or product type or service type or the particular dialect of your kind of uh, customers and users which is something that not many organizations do and then people wonder why they don't have that much accuracy coming through the NLU it's because you're feeding it full of rubbish (laughs) so if you were to use something like Deepgram you can retrain it you can get even more accuracy it's incredibly cost effective uh, and it's incredibly quick as well if you want to try and get you know, speech into text and feed it into your NLU system, then get a response back. For it to be human-like, it needs to happen quickly, and every part of the stack needs to happen quickly as well. So Deepgram has immense uh, accuracy on that front and speed, rather. So please do go and check out Deepgram.com forward slash VUX World if you want to learn more about that. Deepgram.com forward slash VUX World. And if you're not already subscribed, please do go to VUX.world and subscribe. You'll get all of the notifications for up-and-coming podcasts with industry thought leaders like Kish already and others who we have twice a week now, actually, it's going. So we're going pretty well. So please do go to VUX.world forward slash subscribe to make sure you never miss out. Plus, you'll get our newsletter as well, which summarizes all of these conversations and all of the insights that we learn every single week. You learn what we learn, basically. So VUX.world forward slash subscribe. Now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome uh, Kishore Reddy, CTO of Yellow AI. Kishore, welcome.
1: Hey, Kane. Thanks for having me here today. Super no problem. excited.
0: Thank you for joining Everyone. me from your swanky hotel in Dubai. Didn't realize you were going to be over there.
1: Hey. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Yeah, it, it was a pretty good event today. So, uh yeah, just for a couple of hours, I'm in Dubai. I'll be going back to Abu Dhabi today.
0: Right, interesting. And what Amazing. was the event? Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, just
1: meeting some customers here. So All right. we just planned a small event uh, in the Dubai.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. And it's, it's a recommended place to go, is it?
1: Definitely, Dubai is a recommended place to go. A lot of fun to do for sure. A lot of fun activities to do for sure. Nice. Amazing, nice. amazing place for sure. Sounds but yeah, cool. the, uh, uh, um, a lot of work on uh, conversationally. AI, uh, the kind of uh, uh, insights that you've been bringing into the table. It's pretty amazing, Kane. I think I've been following your podcasts, and uh, a lot, lot of uh, <clears throat> definitely insights you are sharing uh, across for sure.
0: Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the aim is to try and uh, take all of the perspectives from all of the different companies and people and thought leaders and brands that are working in this and bring them all into sort of one place, so that uh, yeah, any anyone else can just listen to every episode and you'll pretty much you know you'll you'll get the gist of it basically. Um, so, Absolutely.
1: Definitely. Yeah. There are multiple. Um, Areas and perspectives that people are uh, uh, working towards uh, in conversational AI specifically. Not just again, you talked about Deepgram and uh, other companies who are specifically working on specific areas of uh, conversational AI, and Mm there are platforms like us who are working on more horizontal uh, uh, way of doing things. But yeah, definitely multiple perspectives that I've been uh, looking, following, and uh, 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 your podcast in general definitely super exciting.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, welcome to it. You'll get your own uh, your own headshot as well, the big heads outlined and stuff like that. So Yeah, that's, that's
1: pretty unique uh, in the way I'm, I've seen uh, uh, other podcasts as well, but the way you are putting it, the, the headshots are like really amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm debating doing like, I uh, haven't got around to it yet, but I'm debating joining the NFT bandwagon and uh, basically turning everyone into an NFT and then the guest can kind of purchase it as a donation to a charity, like a AI charity or something like that, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, I mean it be, it'd be quite quite a nice thing to do. I just haven't haven't gotten round to doing it yet, but that's what I'd like to do.
1: We just start. We, I think we just did a, uh, a con- event on metaverse. So how oh, conversational right. AI is going to change uh, is going to uh, you know kind of transform metaverse itself. How chatbots are going to play in metaverse. I think definitely it's a it's the right thing to uh, it is kind of first step to go towards yeah. that.
0: Yeah, definitely. What do you think? I mean, we're getting to the, the meat of the conversation that we're going to have, but I'd be interested to get your thoughts generally on the whole metaverse thing. And, and the I did a interview with a Reed Speaker, which I think will be out soon, uh, around the role of voice in the metaverse. Interested in your kind of thoughts on the role you think conversationally I would play in that so, kind of future?
1: Specifically specifically, voice, right? Voice uh, automation is going to play a key, key role in metaverse. Uh, yeah, I haven't been hands-on on metaverse in general so far, but uh, my uh, hunch is that yeah, it's going to be a uh, it is going to be a game changer for sure. Because and I think it's going to be the need uh, as well. It's essential for metaverse to function as well. Because you cannot have uh, unless you have it's a, it's, uh, unless you have a lot of automation baked in. Uh, metaverse is going, not going to, uh, you know, uh, survive on its own for sure. So that's uh, is what I believe. A lot of companies and a lot of brands would love to have automation, uh, or their avatars of uh, 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 the brands are going to. Uh, 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 ha- I mean, automation is going to be, play a huge role in uh, 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 their brand presence in metaverse. Is what I believe.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. And especially in a world where you basically don't have a keyboard, or at least very difficult to use a keyboard, I think you're going to have yes, voice yes. at the operating level, <clears throat> operating system level, and then voice at the kind of interaction level, and then voice potentially at the transactional level as well, because how else would you get about and do things? you know?
1: Yeah, I think I've... I've, I've... I've been in a conversation with the uh, uh, other co-founder, uh, uh, co-founders earlier, and then they were talking about deep fakes. How deep fakes are going to be a huge game changer in uh, in metaverse. But for sure, I think this is one of the components. For sure, is conversational AI, conversational AI, and voice uh, together is going to be a huge one in metaverse.
0: Mm, definitely, definitely, uh, and congratulations on the Gartner Magic Quadrant uh, placement. Very, uh, very nice kind of badge of honor that to get into that. Absolutely. So well, well done on that.
1: Absolutely, thanks, thanks for that, Ken. I think yeah, I've, I've also, con- I'll also congratulate rest of the folks as well. This is the first Magic Magic Quadrant on conversational AI. Uh, super excited to be there. But yeah, I think a lot of uh, learnings in the process of getting to Magic Quadrant. We have multiple interactions with analysts and uh, product sessions and uh, roadmap analysis and you know, how the next few years could going to look like and how we have been doing with multiple customers and everything. I think it's uh, uh, it was a learning for us as well, going through that mm. process of Magic Quadrant.
0: Mm. You don't have to necessarily answer this question, but uh, <laughs> it'd be good if you did. But uh, in terms of that process, what how much interaction do you like do what i'm trying to say is that is it you feeding gartner with your roadmap and all that kind of stuff or, or are they feeding into your roadmap like did you learn anything that you might want to do in future over the course of that process or is it basically like a like an assessment type of thing where you just tell them a bunch of stuff and they they rank how they see fit
1: yeah I... Yeah, it's uh, kind of both. I think, but yeah, I think learnings is also a key part of the interaction, right? I think it's uh, how, and it's also a validation of what we are doing right. Uh, at the same time, uh, some of the things we have, where we need to actually focus on as well, uh, mm. you know, how uh, how contact center space is going to look like, and then how obviously conversational AI we've been working with multiple players in general, in customers in general, but we contact sensors specifically, whether we should be building uh, our own contact center solution or partner with uh, existing players or how is it going to look like? And a lot of these insights come from Gartner as well, because uh, uh, the analysts, uh, whenever we have a discussion, uh, because a lot of them, I mean, they have immense uh, knowledge because they they speak to multiple experts in this, not just in this uh, area but also they they work with customers as well right so a lot of mm-hmm. operations as well so we get these insights as well so uh, a couple of uh, calls i have also been uh, uh, in the unless a couple of unless calls i was also a part of and definitely i felt that i had some learnings from those so mm-hmm. it's both uh, to answer your question it's both so it's validation at the same time assessment is the, and, and validation uh, at the same time learnings as well so
0: Mm, Interesting. I mean, talking of the contact center component, obviously uh, Google's recent partnership with UJet in a more formalized fashion kind of brings that whole package together, possibly maybe for the first time that I've seen. I know I think potentially Uniform might have some contact center capabilities, but um, it's definitely an interesting play because you would think that the contact center is the contact center and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that the contact centers do around workflow management and analysis yes. and forecasting and all that kind of stuff that, that you wouldn't necessarily expect a conversational AI platform to do. However, conversational AI platforms are becoming more customer experience platforms in general. And so if you talk about customer experience, you might expect, that. So it's interesting how, and if you look at Microsoft's announcement of their contact center, nine, I think out of 14 features were AI based features. It was all about having NLP being fundamental to the whole operation. The fact that you can make calls into it was almost like a byproduct of the call center. Um, and And obviously connect with a really tight integration with Lex and stuff. And so you can sort of see a world perhaps where the call center itself plus the conversational AI component does end up merging together.
1: Absolutely. I think that we are seeing that trend as well, right? Primarily, predominantly, uh, uh, contact center have been more backward facing, more agents. Uh, uh, it's basically a software for agents, and it, it's been looked at like that. Uh, but uh, if you look at conversational AI, it's more of a front ending solution where you are directly interacting with the customer. The software itself is interacting with the customer. So it's more of a front-ending solution. I think, yeah, it's definitely, at this point in time, not wise to have, uh, not wise to build everything as a part of a conversational AI platform, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, going to be a deeper, deeper integration with uh, uh, these contacts and solutions is going to be a huge key. Uh, 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 It's it's going to make a huge difference. I mean, there there are integrations available right now, and then somehow even we are able to integrate with some of the play, uh, some of the contacts center solutions right now, and then we have customers. We have we have been serving customers with that integration as well. But what uh, uh, what I feel is that there has to be more deeper integration, where, for example, if the call landed. Uh, for example, bot has picked up the call. Once the uh, you know once the uh, bot, bot uh, wants to uh, transfer the context to the agent. So that itself is actually a huge thing. How do you transfer the call to the you transfer the call to the agent? But how do you transfer all the knowledge that the bot uh, had so far with the customer? Whatever, what, 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 what whatever the interaction the bot had with the customer, that context also has to be transferred back to the uh, agent. So that level of deeper integration with the contact center solution is going to be a, a huge thing for sure. Hmm. I think it's it's definitely interesting, Kane. Like uh, how the space is uh, still evolving, right? It's lot. I mean, I feel that it's it's going to evolve for the next five to ten years because there's so many use cases that we are seeing on a day to day basis. I think it's uh, uh, it's going to evolve for the next ten years, is what I feel.
0: Until yeah,
1: we we say that this is yeah, this is the boundary of conversation AI.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I think you're right, to be honest. And <clears throat> you've only got to look at. excuse me you've only got to look at at the you know likes of funding being poured into into the industry as an example of how kind of early it is so to speak because you know all of the observe ai we just saw today raised 125 million you know all of these nlp based companies are still really in the real early stages i mean yellow ai when did you start 2017 2016 something like that
1: no, that's a that's an interesting uh, thing. we we started in 2014 actually All right, so okay. that's uh, and we, before the before the uh, uh, the word conversational AI is coined before the so that's yeah, yeah. that's when we started the company so <laughs> uh, 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 so we didn't start off as a, a, a as a conversational AI company it's just we just naturally transitioned into conversational AI company because we we wanted to actually solve uh, one one problem that uh, existed at that time that point in time it was primarily people are interacting on WhatsApp, predominantly in India when we started mm-hmm. off. And then uh, why can't we get similar experience for interacting with businesses? So why can't it be so that simple? You just text a business and then you get your uh, uh, you know, stuff done, whether you're ordering a pizza or anything, why can't it just be a text away rather than opening multiple applications or calling up the call center and stuff like that? Why can't it be just a text? So that's where it started. Soon we realized that... Th- we have to automate the conversations it's not going to be it's it's a huge chicken and egg problem right unless you have customers uh, 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 you know businesses wouldn't respond and then it, it's vice versa so you have to mm. automate stuff so we started automating that's when we realized we realized that you know this is called conversational ai this is what we and people started coining the term conversational ai we started working with more and more customers uh, enterprise customers and then started solving uh, one particular problem which is customer support so mm. Uh, interestingly, I we, we are uh, we are a little bit older company than uh, than most of the uh, conversely AI companies.
0: Yeah, interesting, interesting. But still, not necessarily an old company. 2014, so eight eight years old or so. And a lot of companies yes. are, are, are a lot newer than that, you know. And as I was saying, the funding that's being put into it, I think, is a is a sig- symbol or a signal that it's early because that funding is intended to be used to then establish the companies um, within the market. And so I think that's probably where this movement and shaking comes around is that the more that the platforms get funded, the more the platforms get developed, uh, the more kind of clients start using it, it gets developed further around their needs and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it starts blending with the other systems that exist within the business. Because as you, as you know, and a lot of the listeners know the conversational component is, is nothing unless it's, fully wedded to the organization's business. You you mentioned there automating the conversations. You can't really automate a conversation unless you've got, you know, the right kind of integrations into the line of business systems and whatnot, call center being a core part of that. And so it all seems to be sort of fusing together, which is interesting.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. As you said, it's still early phases into the, uh, you know, I mean, yes, even now we cannot say that we we drew the boundary to what organization AI uh, should look like as uh, uh, initially we were discussing. With, with, uh, the, I mean, the, to, going back to the primary disc, the, uh, topic of discussion, the co- components of conversational AI. When we started off, I think we, we we did not draw a line what conversational AI should be. So mm. that's a, 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 In fact, that was the most exciting part of our journey, uh, uh, or any other company at this point in time, like uh, uh, other competitors as well. So because it's uh, we are getting to define what conversational AI is by putting block by block uh, uh, unlike uh, CRM or unlike e-commerce uh, platforms which are defined 20 years ago and then still people are figuring out uh, components but here uh, conversational AI we didn't have a referenceable uh, uh, product to look at right you know, we are we, we started building what components should exist in conversational AI uh, mm-hmm. platform so that's the exciting part and then we are still not even now, I believe that you know we, we still don't want to draw a line of this is what foundational AI should be, uh, but I think we uh, will get to more uh, uh, insights in the coming few years.
0: Mm, definitely, especially when you start to consider just sheer device proliferation on the one hand channel proliferation, on the other hand, and then each device and channel has its own nuances that are not strictly language-based. Like, as you'll know from having the experience on the messenger front, you've got emojis, you can send pictures, you can send documents. And so, you know, you're not necessarily always verbalizing a conversation in language. There's other symbols and things that you can use as well. And so at what point does a conversation become simply just an interface I suppose it is an interface anyway, but at what point does it stop being conversational? At what point does it start being conversational?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a, a, a new perspective of uh, things, right? We have so far looked into voice. We said, like, yeah, voice is conversationally, I, I mean, that's what uh, 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 the automatic voice is a big thing. And we also said, like, you know, text, automating text is the, I mean, we started off with that. But now we are talking about emojis and how it can actually how do you converse on emojis? That's a different perspective for sure. I think, yeah, this is one another dimension that we are bringing in. that more and more ch- uh, channels and different geographies has multiple channels. I think that's uh, uh, that itself adds to the complexity for sure. And again, yeah, we, 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 we have seen uh, Alexa and Google Assistant and Google Home. And these are other uh, uh, kind of, uh, unlike traditional telephony voice, these are different kind of... Uh, uh, Voice uh, devices, so uh, where you can do multiple things. You you have uh, audio plus visual way of uh, looking at it. For example, uh, we have seen with Alexa. uh, One of the devices of Alexa uh, has a screen where you can show certain things on the uh, on the screen. At the same time, you can uh, uh, you know bot can actually uh, interact at the same time. It can. Play some video or uh, play uh, shows, display some content on the top of the screen, right? So we have seen multiple forms of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, channels overall for uh, interaction, and yeah, I think that's uh, uh, different, definitely different, multiple dimensions of conversational AI, entry points of conversational AI. Mm,
0: mm, interesting. So, so starting from the starting point of, of Yellow AI, which was Yellow Messenger, actually, wasn't it? A few years yes, back. yes um, so we get get into the this kind of like core component aspect, I'm wondering whether we can begin maybe with where did yellow messenger as it was then begin in terms of what were the core components that we that you we were using when messaging was the core channel, and then over the years as you've kind of expanded from purely messenger into chat into voice what are the things that you've had to do in terms of the architecture to enable some of those other use cases? And then maybe finally we can arrive at what the core building blocks are that are required for those that have never done this before in order to kind of do this. Does that sound good?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's the right way to start as well, right? Because that's how we started. Uh, when we started working with uh, 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 companies, for the f- when we got our first customer, we did not have a conversational AI platform as we call it today. So it was, yeah, we have to have a chatbot on the top of our uh, one of the uh, largest BFSI companies in India. So they wanted to automate a uh, uh, lot of their uh, uh, cross-sell, upsell use cases at the same time. They wanted to automate uh, their customer support as well. And uh, what we did uh, is we started that, yeah, what, first thing, first step is to basically understand the language that the user is talking about, right? So we need to have an NLP system in place. That's the core engine. So we have to start off with that engine, which, yeah, that's uh, at that point in time in 2015 to 2016, there were a couple of players uh, doing that. For example, with .ai, uh, which got acquired by Facebook, and then uh, API.ai, uh, which got acquired by Google, and then they named it. Now they changed the name to Dialogflow, so yeah we we heard about uh, uh, even ibm watson but very nascent stages at that point in time and then yeah we looked into the, those solutions but we felt that yeah there's a lot more to understanding the language je- than just using some of these existing tools so we are let's we started on a mission of building uh, the nlu capabilities within the within yellow yellow messenger so then we were yellow messenger so we we started with the uh, uh, machine learning toolkits we started with uh, tensorflow and we yeah, uh, we hired first uh, our first ml engineers nlp engineers who can uh, help us uh, in building this and we started uh, uh, that's when we started automating things in house and then we realize lot. We, it's lot more than just in, uh, intent understanding itself. Intent recognition is what uh, people call it. There's a lot more to it than just intent recognition. And then there's it. It comes in like multiple uh, levels of intent recognition. Like at what level are you going to understand the language? And and again, when you add uh, language as I mean, multi, if you want to support multilingual conversations, it's going to add more complexity. Uh, as you move into the system. So uh, to summarize, I think first thing that we have built is we should have a NLU capabilities which can understand the language. That's the first component. And then I think that's the that's the component that is core to all conversational AI platforms at this point in time. Every, I don't believe that anybody is right now uh, 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 relying on third-party tools. Every conversational AI, all the leading players, they built this conversation, yeah, their own way of uh, NLU capabilities within their systems, right? And that is the mm. core, which doesn't change anywhere. But yeah, obviously, we have the way we utilize data, how we pump in the existing data that we have, that we've been acquiring for uh, for the last five years from uh, the customers and their user interactions, uh, that depends on cusp, company to company, but that's the core. And then, so where, uh, we... do you,
0: where do you, before, before we move on, uh, Kajal, where, where do you think the differentiation becomes on the purely on the, I know there's a lot more to it outside of the NLU and there's even more to it within the NLU itself, as far as how you train it and how you model it and all that kind of stuff. But, my, my kind of, I've been kind of like going in different spaces with this question myself over the last kind of couple of years, which is that on the one hand you have the potential for NLU capabilities to become kind of like commoditized a little bit. If you can just go to Microsoft Azure and hook up Lewis or you can go to Dialogflow or Amazon Lex, or you mentioned there Wit AI, and you mentioned Watson these kind of big cloud players that provide a, a rudimentary NLU system and then other players as you mentioned yellow ai and and others with proprietary NLU systems so that's on the one hand is that is is one question is is NLU capabilities in danger of becoming commoditized but then at the same time you've got you know something like um Casisto specializes in banking. You've got Vlooper specializing in, you know, field uh, maintenance and repair work and stuff. You've got different systems and different NLUs that are rising to specialize in certain very specific domains. In which case, you could see that there's value in in that because it understands banking more than a general NLU, for example. So, what's your thoughts in terms of like how do how do Companies differentiate on the NLU front. Is that something you differentiate on Yellow AI, or do you differentiate on other things around it?
1: Yeah, that's a that's definitely an interesting question, and that's a question that typically every uh, 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 every player in this segment is going to be asked on for sure from by customers and uh, 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 right. So, what? To first thing is like the 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 uh, the, it's though it's the core. Uh, uh, core engine, I would say, to, uh, of of conversational AI platforms, uh, but the the role it plays doesn't uh, 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 hold any value on its own. If you if you suffer, that's the reason that you know people are not able to utilize some of these existing players like uh, any of these conversational AI platforms are not able to use with .AI or IBM or Lewis or IBM Watson because. It is not holding value on its own because it has to be working with harmony with the existing data that you have, existing the other how it's going to be working with existing components that you have because it's not uh, uh, it's not an API. I mean, it's not as simple as like just use the API and then build the rest of the stuff because it it will be connected into your workflows deeper into your entire product everywhere. How uh, uh, how this interaction uh, or how this particular understanding that you got from the sentence. Uh, is going to be utilized as a part of the workflow everywhere else also matters. So basically, and then how you feed back the data into the uh, uh, NLU system also matters. So you have to retrain a lot of it. So you will have to, uh, in fact, on a, uh, you'll have to clean up every now and then. You'll, it's basically a lot of maintenance activity that you have to do so that you know your model gets uh, better and better every day. So that's the reason we are not able to or anybody else also is not able to use existing players so even though um, and coming to the second question on the commoditization piece right you are spot on on that it is going to get commoditized there is no question about it right because more and more papers are going to be published more and more this uh, open source community is more and more active in uh, you know in, 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 in making this uh, uh, Nlu better and better um, but what uh, what is going to differentiate? is what we build on the top of it. When I say building on the top of it, it's not about the application level things that I'm talking about. Even just the part of the, it's again, if you, uh, NLU itself, so the commoditized piece of NLU versus you, what you have to still build on the top of the commoditized part of NLU is still a lot. At least 70% more uh, is required to make sure you uh, make it your own and solve the problems that you have in hand you have to uh, 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 you have to tune it to your requirements at the same time you have to feed in your data of your customers and uh, and uh there, there are multiple uh and not just you you cannot actually directly import certain learnings that you got from non-chatbot based systems so uh, like agent systems and stuff so you have it has to be a part of it has to be a real-time data ingestion that uh, uh, chats uh, or voice—the uh, data that comes in uh, on a on a real time basis—that how do you feed in back to the NLU system to make it better on a daily basis? So you'll have to retrain it, retune the algorithms a bit. So, uh, so to answer your question, yeah, even if it gets commoditized, you'll still be differentiating on on uh, uh, your NLU uh uh with how better it understands your user your customer's context so that uh that mm. i'll put it that way
0: yeah that makes sense that makes sense um so so you began then first problem to solve is the nlu part you build an nlu system and it works fairly well what's the what's the next stage then for yeah. yellow at, at the time
1: so that's the uh, and yeah the the nlu system it just keeps evolving will that's first part right and mm-hmm. then the rest everything builds around it so now let's let's talk about first thing right so the the, the rest of the things uh, depends on what is the target segment that you are working with what are the customers that you are working with on, on the for example for a dialog flow or an ibm watson kind of a system or luis system there ends the circle. They don't build anything else because the rest of the things are built by the customers themselves. But when we are working with enterprises, when we started working with uh, our uh, enterprise customers, uh, there is absolutely nothing in place. And then we want a chatbot to be deployed on our website. So Mm -hmm. from there to here, NLU to here, there's a huge gap. First thing is you need to have huge channel connectors layer where it just connects with so many Channels across that I think that's that's a smaller piece to execute. Obviously, you can just have connectors for all the channels. That's the number one thing. Obviously, we'll we we'll, That's the second component that you would require so that you can get those uh, 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 messages or voice calls wherever the channels channel connectors is the number one component. Uh, we started building that. And next uh, important thing is like what, what you understood the language, right? You understood the uh, NLU, uh, what user is saying. You are able to understand the text. But what do you do with that? Is uh, f- first thing is like you'll have to create workflows of like what you can do with the sentence. So uh, you the, the conversation itself has like multiple steps involved. Each of these steps. Are a part of a larger workflow for the customers. For example, if it is an insurance company, you will have uh, uh, you will be renewing your insurance policy. That itself is a huge workflow. You'll have to have uh, every step of that conversation or every message of that conversation has to be validated with if the policy number has to be validated with. Uh, the systems, uh, backend systems that the customer has. And then you'll have to do a bunch of other calculations, whether it's, when is the policy renewal date is going to come? And there's a bunch of workflows that you have to build. So how do you build those workflows, right? That, I mean, that is a next big thing. So you'll have to build workflows. So now how, uh, we started off saying that, you know, we'll build workflows for every customer. We'll build these workflows by coding, out, coding the workflows uh, ourselves. See, obviously, that is not going to scale. So uh, for for the kind of scale that we're looking at, we have like 600 plus customers uh, uh, a few years ago itself. I mean, a couple of years back, I think we were like uh, around 500 plus customers. And how do we, uh, we cannot code workflows for each and every customer. So what we do is like, yeah, let's have a workflow builder layer. You understand the NLU. Now we, we've built a workflow builder where you can build these workflows on the UI, and you will be able to uh, connect with your backend systems on the go so there's there's a, again there's a workflow builder layer and there's an integration layer you can, that we brought in where there's multiple backend integration systems that you can actually integrate with and these workflows connect with those backend integrations so this was a key component otherwise the customer wouldn't would have to uh, write, create those uh, uh Workflows themselves in their backend systems. So hmm. this is the second important piece. I think I'll I'll pause for here. If you have any questions on this particular piece,
0: yeah, I was going to ask whether in is the workflow management part what you would consider a dialogue manager, or is it more of a process kind of design engine for the for the business process? It's in process? fact
1: both, actually. It's in fact both. Uh, when once one is the dialogue manager, obviously, I'm. Uh, it's it's just one layer above NLU. There's a huge dialogue manager. Like how, uh, you know, how do you understand uh, uh, the responses on specific uh, steps? For example, user asks policy number. Now, uh, pot asks policy number. User asks like, you know, where do I find this policy number? Now you'll have your talking about the dialogue management itself the dialogue management builder is one piece and there's a huge again the workflow piece where you might want to connect uh, a specific system with an api and then get uh, uh, a data from there and then push some things to another database and everything so basically this whole workflow management also uh, is also a huge piece so i would club both of it so it's business right. process uh, 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 automation, uh, work, uh, business process management as well, uh, BPM kind of things, uh, I mean lightweight BPM I would say mm-hmm. and the dialogue management. Together is what we call it as conversation build, uh, the conversation builder. It cannot be just a conversation builder it has to be clubbed with the business workflows as well
0: right.
1: so that's what is the next big piece.
0: Interesting, so in that example you give there, am I understanding this correctly that You have, let's say you have a conversation which is, um, let's try and think of one, Uh, something like, um, let's say a return, let's say a customer is making a return, wants to return an item and the first thing they say is I want to return this item and your dialogue manager could probably understand that that intent is to make a return and then therefore respond with something like, okay, well, what is your reference number for argument's sake and then the customer gives the reference number and then correct me if i'm wrong but it'll be the workflow management part which would then take that reference number run off to the back end system to bring back the next steps and then feed that back into the dialogue manager but then sometimes Absolutely. You might... that's right yeah and then sometimes in that workflow management bit you might need to bounce around a little bit so for example check the reference number that's one thing and then make a second call to check within to see whether or not it's within its 30 day period and then check to see whether or not when when it was delivered or is that what you're talking about is in that workflow management but you can make a number of different yes, processes yes. happen before you return back to the yes user.
1: yeah absolutely so it's, it's number of different processes that you can actually do with multiple systems and the dialogue management itself so that's yeah. your spot on on that and and some of the uh, customers was a very interesting thing that we have seen As some customers uh, uh, couldn't have back-end systems for certain uh, s- certain use cases. For example, so you would want to, uh, uh, I'm just giving you an example. This mm-hmm. is, uh, is one of the uh, things that we have seen in early days of our uh, uh, company. So basically there's, a, there's an insurance company. You would want to and user would come to your uh, chatbot and ask uh, where are the different? Where can I find the nearest branch so that I can just go and, you know, uh, renew my policy? I just wanted mm-hmm. to do it offline, so I just wanted to find where all. Uh, where do you have the nearest uh, branch address? Or even uh, for example, if an automobile uh, chatbot for a, I have a chatbot for a car company. I just i just uh, ask you. Know, where is an nearest service center located i'll just mm. drop my car i just want to drop my car where is an nearest service center located interestingly what we have noticed is there wouldn't be existing systems to give this information from the from the customer so most of this information is just there dumped in files excel files and a ton of files mm-hmm. i mean that doesn't i mean that doesn't uh, bot has to understand from there so this is the when I say workflow, this is also this this particular piece also comes with as a part of the workflow. You can actually, uh, so you should be able to dump in data and then bot should be able to pick it up from there. So mm. you'll so so that is uh, another part of the work, workflow management. So you'll ha- you can build those workflows as a part. I mean, rather than building it uh, in your systems, you can build this small uh, lightweight systems as a part of the con- as a part of our system as well. So that we felt that you know that is an important component to build. Because a lot of mm-hmm. our customers at that point in time didn't have some of the systems available for uh, handling such use cases. So uh, we felt that, that's, uh, that's a part of the workflow builder as well.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because a lot of platforms will have the ability to make an API call within a turn, um, maybe stack them up or whatever, but having that ability to essentially ingest, or, or not, it's even, it's not even ingesting data, is it? it's actually populating somewhere within the system content or yes. knowledge or whatever the case may be. Uh, yeah, it's quite quite, quite interesting, quite a clever. clever we're doing it. Here.
1: Yeah, the, the next piece of, uh, again, uh, as a part of that, is like you have built the system, you've built the workflows. Now you uh, push the system live. Now your chatbot is live. You've been getting conversations on a daily basis. Uh, the next important component that we felt is uh, you have to analyze how your bot is doing. So, the analysis piece, right? How your mm-hmm. body, what is able to? How, how is it able to? Is it able to answer better? I mean, how typically you you'll have some qualitative metrics on. You should have some qualitative metrics on how the bot is performing. Is it answering the right questions, or is it not answering at all? Or like, how is is you know how, how is it able to handle abuses, or how is it able to an, uh, handle angry, agitated customers? How do you analyze them and then personalize those in the next? Uh, uh, iteration cycle of the chatbot. So every it's, it's basically learning. We, 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 when we said chatbot, it will always talk about how it evolves. Once you, it's not like regular systems. How do you evolve it? How how do you make sure your chatbot evolves every week? In fact, you know, that's what the next piece is that how do you analyze the conversations analysis, a conversational analysis is the next Mm -hmm. important piece and then it, it that's where you will feed in a lot of information back to the bot so you will analyze some of these conversations what, what all did not what all bot did not understand or what a bot could have uh, answered wrong or wrongly tagged intents and then how and did the bot take longer time to respond to certain uh, workflows or certain workflows failed mm-hmm. so all this kind of analytics on the top of conversations is the next big component, uh, uh, which will, uh, and, and how do you back, uh, that, that's the next big component, basically.
0: Yeah. And and which, how do you how do you advise, because I'm assuming, I don't know, do you, do you also do professional services, or is everything self-service with Yellow AI? So we,
1: no, so since day one, I think it's it was a combination of both. We have right. self-serve platform right now available, uh, but uh, it's always, we, we have a professional services team who works with uh, uh, the customers to get uh, uh, get the bots live uh, and build those use cases. But it's more of a customer success, I would call it, than uh, right. professional services. Right now, they are hand-holding the customers in multiple things, and then they're trying to make sure that a lot of things, is the, 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 now that we have a, a visual way of building a chatbot or visual way of configuring these workflows, visual way of uh, making these dialogue systems, we're pushing this more and more towards the customer. And, then customer success is playing a huge role
0: here. Yeah, that makes sense. Fair enough. Now, so you're just trying to get to the point of whether you do actively advise customers or whether people kind of just do it themselves. So, if 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 in on this ana- analytics side of things, um, I'm always curious about how people define success. So it's 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 not straightforward, but it's understandable that you would be looking at your analytics to see, you know, what were your mismatches and no matches and, and how do you understand, you know, where did the bot kind of misunderstand somebody or something and and then determine whether you want to feed that back into the training data and all that kind of stuff, what intent it should map to and stuff. But then on the other, that's, that's kind of like more like the maintenance and improvement sort of layer, just from a, a kind of like hygiene perspective, almost. Um, But from a kind of like KPI point of view, obviously every business implements these things to try and achieve something, don't they? And some of those accomplishments might be outside the scope of the bot. For example, maybe you have a bot in a call center that's there to introduce some self-service to lower the wait times in the queue. In order to measure whether the bot's having any impact, you need to measure the wait times in the queue, which sits outside of the bot. However, there's some things that will sit within the scope of the bot. For example, we want to make sure that people can successfully Uh, change their address on their insurance you know so you may have some factors within a conversation that would constitute success if someone's reached the end of the conversation or if somebody's got midway through and ducked out or hung up or being escalated to an agent or whatever so i'm always curious when it comes to analytics about how do you define success for a conversation and how do you educate clients around what they should be looking for when they're trying to measure the impact that it's having
1: so i i i have one question before we move on to that right are you joining Gartner or something as an analyst? Is, is this the number one question. <laughs> no, so, no. <laughs> the next question is the k- kind of insights that you have. Uh, I think you should be starting another conversational AI company after, after this because <laughs> the kind of, I was, I was, in fact, you know, I, 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 I wrote my notes on what is the next component that we should be talking about. You are right on to the point of what's <laughs> exactly next. <laughs> Good. the next conference that we should be talking about. <laughs> so, I think you should start a, a conversational AI company after this for sure. Good. Yeah, I think I'm moving to your question, uh, right? Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we talked about conversational analytics. It's more on the uh, bot learning perspective, not on the business perspective. It has nothing to do with the business, how it's doing, or how the bot is performing as a business objectives perspective, right? But the second uh, important thing is, like we 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 have a uh, we started calling it as a module called Customer 360 and Engage. So it's both. Uh, you should be looking at business goals of the what the bot should be doing. For example, if your bot is an insurance bot, how many, uh, uh, you know, in uh, how many new insurance policies did the bot sell? How many renewals did the bot make? How many queries that the bot has answered these are again just the top level metrics that you will be able to you should be able to derive that's the analytics platform uh, uh, that should provide that that again that is a very basic uh, uh, view of what it should be doing but there should be more and more drill down way of uh, uh, analytics where you can look at granular data uh, granular analytics which geography which region what time of the uh, year you got the best uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, you have sold most of the insurance, most insurance policies and, and what time of the day uh, did your bot uh, uh, get most of the user queries on. So you should be able to do the entire analysis yourself. And we cannot rely on for sure. Again, here there's a lot of debate about few years ago, there was a debate about whether we should be using existing analytics system to do this or you, does your conversational platforms, conversational AI platform, should have this as a as a core component? Then the, the ask, answer for us was very straightforward because we had to. There were a lot of these uh, systems. We, we a lot of these data and lot of this uh, analytics are very custom to conversational AI. So we felt that you know the, it has to be built as a part of the core. Uh, it, as a as a core component itself and we started building that and you sh- uh, that's one way uh, once you get these analytics the next important piece is what do you do with those analytics you got these analytics you you got this that you know these many people are interested in your insurance buying your insurance policy but they did not buy they went till the end of the you uh, know uh, uh, conversation but they did not pay so what do you do with that i mean you will be able to analyze this and what do you do with that is the next important aspect that you should be focusing on. So we have, a uh, uh, again, this is the next important piece where how do you re-engage with them, right? You should be able to send uh, scheduled notifications to them that, yeah, you dropped off here. Why don't you start, uh, uh, you know, why don't you complete your uh uh, 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 you know, uh, buying the insurance policy. Why, so this is this is the next big piece, right? Or mm-hmm. your insurance date is nearing, or you know, renewal renewal date is uh, approaching. Why don't you um, uh, uh, pay it right now to avoid penalties or something like that? So how do you re-engage? That is, I mean, just uh, 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 how do you re-engage with the audience by analytics? Is again the next big uh, component, mm-hmm. adding to what you uh, just asked. So this is these two go hand in hand.
0: Very good, very good, and thank you for that compliment. By the way, I forgot to say thank you. Uh, we'll put that as a quote on our website uh, and in all of our <laughs> in all of our pitch decks from now on. Uh, you should work at. Gartner. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
1: uh, yeah <clears throat> I think I'm going to have another question. Like, what is what is the next component that we should be talking about?
0: Yeah, after? good point. Good point. Well, we'll get to that. But first, I had a follow up question on that, which is around yes, yes. how how you initiate that follow up engagement because a lot of times when you're when people talk about conversational AI platforms, they often talk about them as just being there to have conversations with customers, whereas if you look at some of the customer experience platforms, I'm thinking of something like UJet, for example, that has all of this stuff built in, omni-channel capabilities, it'll recognize your phone number, it's got your previous calls, it'll understand likely what you're calling about based on the last thing you did on a website, and be able to preempt the conversation, and all this kind of stuff, and So what you're talking about here is you're not talking about creating conversations, which is what a lot of people are talking about. You're talking about creating customer experiences, which is what I would argue people should be thinking about is the customer journey from end to end and how you can kind of um, provide a, a good experience throughout the whole thing. And most of the time you would have a conversational AI platform that just dips in at a certain point and provides one thing, one conversation, then it's done. Maybe you can feed that data into a CRM. So the CRM can do its thing later on when the customer comes back to the website or whatever. But what you're talking about here is having a conversation with somebody using the analysis and the um, information gathered in the context from that conversation, recognizing when a conversation hasn't gone to plan and then initiating a follow-up, maybe through another channel, maybe sending them a text message and saying, hey, do you want to continue with the application or whatever? And so you're starting to branch into not just conversational AI provision, you're branching into customer experience, customer journey provision. So I'm just curious about one, what you, so is that the vision, and then two, what kind of triggers are you using to initiate that follow up? Is it phone numbers and and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, to answer the last part, I think it's, uh, it's multiple things. I think it's 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 just phone numbers, or like if they are already connected with WhatsApp, you just follow the kind of WhatsApp notification, or if it's if the user has. Uh, come from Facebook Messenger or Instagram or whatever channel it is. We we'll try to retarget there, or mm-hmm. we we'll try to understand the customer, and then you can actually yeah, you can send them a text or an email or anything like that. So, but yeah, that's uh, uh, that's the easier part for sure. But uh, it's interesting that you I mean, you also uh, uh, said that it's a customer experience platform, more of a customer experience platform, right? I think uh, uh, since I have not been uh, uh, talking. Uh, uh to people a lot uh, outside uh, uh for the last few years but uh, our uh, uh, the marketing team and the sales team and uh, product marketing everybody they they started calling yellow ai as a customer self, a customer experience platform not a conversational AI platform. Yeah. So, that, I mean, this, this uh, to answer your question, it, 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 we already started calling ourselves as a customer experience platform, because that's again a natural evolution. Because it's a need. It's not something that we wanted to be there. It's not like you know, let's let's uh, venture into the other uh, areas of uh, uh, you know customer experience. It, it was not a uh, uh, choice by the, uh, uh, by us. Right? It was not a choice for us. So it was a natural transition it was uh, it was a, a, a need for our customers as well right so you've got all these insights you have to, to do some kind of actionables on the top of it like how and the data exists with us not them to take the mm-hmm. actions so obviously that if the data is with us we are the guys to do those actions as well so that um, th- that g- gave us a compulsion that we have to build this as well so So Mm. we 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 started building this. uh, uh, I think it's 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 been one and a half year now, and then did this is uh, I mean definitely proving to be uh, the right decision. And then a lot of customers have been like. In fact, it was one of the uh, most used component is uh, the engage re-engagement module, right? So Mm -hmm. you you analyze and then you re-engage. That's like definitely a huge revenue. Uh, source for us as well. You re engage a lot of uh, these customers.
0: Mm. Mm. Interesting.
1: So, you, so- uh, we don't actually do complete CPAS here. Yeah. We work with CPass vendors to uh, do the last mile delivery, yeah. but we don't do the last mile delivery of the campaigns and all of that. But we have a campaign manager to schedule campaigns. And then again, these campaigns can be circled back to the conversation. So, you, the campaign itself is not a campaign on its own, it's not an individual campaign that whatever the campaign that we run you can connect a workflow which will connect to a conversation so whenever you send a text note it's a conversation on its own people can yes. start conversing on that so
0: yes that's good so would that be a separate conversation that you would fire up or would you check well, it and, is, and then pump it back into one, an existing just
1: one it's just a it's just one user journey though yeah. it they dropped off you you came back but it just picks up where ah uh, okay it, it has the entire con uh, uh, context of the entire conversation with the user. Wow! So yeah, that way it's it's, uh, it's definitely proving to be the right decision
0: that we mm, made. Definitely, that's definitely a, a unique proposition as well. I don't think I've seen that before. Um, <clears throat> so you asked me a question. So we've been through so far. We've been through the NLU. We've been through the channel connectors. We've been through the dialogue management and the business process management. We've been through the analytics and the improvement. We've been through the reengage. The things that yeah. I would be thinking of next would be um, a couple of things. One is on the sticking with the analytics: is that how do you make sure that the things that you're pumping back into your NLU aren't actually conflicting and causing issues with your model if you're just piping off, you know, random things into it that have mismatched or whatever. Uh, the other thing I'll be thinking of is is uh, channel expansion. So you've got. Maybe you've on one channel like a chat, and then all of a sudden you've you know send a text. Now you're in text, and all of a sudden maybe they call, and so now you're in voice. So there's a a channel kind of component to it. Um, Other things. What else would I be thinking at that point? You've got the analysis, you've got the KPIs, you're feeding back and improving the models, you're re-engaging people. Yeah, those are the two things I would. would, My two questions I would have would be one around intent conflicts, and two around channel expansion
1: that we talked about so immediately after uh, before the co- business analytics the conversational analytics that piece that we talked about it shows the conflict specifically okay so I it doesn't it. actually so it shows the conflicts and it, it it is not dumb analytics where it just doesn't show you data it also does some of the basic cleanup of like what should what should it show you to take actions on, it does basic math. Yeah, this, these two things can be part of most probably part of this, this can be most probably part of this use case, which bot did not understand. It does all of that. And mm-hmm. then also some of some of the things are like we, we crowdsourced kind of information as well that can be baked into this analytics and then showed to the user to take actions on. So this is a part of the conversational analytics uh, module itself. Right. The second part is the channel connectors, right? There'll be multiple channels, um, you know how do you connect all of them, and then have a single user profile, so that you know if this user comes from voice to this thing, how do you connect them, and then how do you have the same conversation? That's again a piece that we are talking about as an orchestration layer. So mm-hmm. how do you orchestrate across multiple channels? Um, but I think the next important thing, as you said, right, I, 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 one of the things like you no, know, not uh, everything can be bot itself. So. There should be a human plus AI kind of an approach Mm, that mm. typically, uh, uh, you know, at at the end of the day, humans have to, either humans have to uh, retrain the bot Mm -hmm. whenever it has, we have to assess the bot whenever required that we talked about in conversational analytics. But what if, what if you have to do it in real time? In real time, user is waiting for something, but bot doesn't understand that. It's not always that bot can need it it's not necessary that bot can bot should say that you know I cannot understand this right now right so why can't we have a human plus AI kind of a thing so where human can label the data in real time where uh, I got this question but bot is just waiting oh what am I supposed to do right now with rather than responding back to the customer at this point in time you will just send a micro interaction to uh, uh, a human agent. Human agent can quickly say that, you know, we are calling this as micro interaction. So it's, it's my human can just say that, yeah, this is, this might be this intent. Just go, go ahead. So there, there will be agents who will just say that, yeah, this is the one. What mm-hmm. just takes over the workflow from there. That's the next big piece. Human plus AI. At the same mm-hmm. time, there can be long, long uh, tail tickets that user, uh, human needs to take actions on, which human should be, talking to the user rather than a bot so yeah. how does the uh, uh, how does this uh, bot take bot transfer the ticket to the user or agent this is a big component right human plus ai is a big component so traditionally we can we have seen bots with zendesk bots with existing crm i mean uh, uh, um, support desk tools service desk tools um, I we believe that either a deeper integration with these existing systems uh, or a completely built human plus AI kind of a module. Mm-hmm. So we, again, took a call to go in both the directions because in some places you might, you it's not necessarily that you will be able to replace an existing vendor for uh, service desk. But we felt that having this, again, a uh, uh, Deeper connect with the human plus AI bot plus agents, that will actually add a lot of value to the end user at the same time our customers as well. So that you know they can mm-hmm. take actions on it in real time. At the same time, you can feed back the data. The, the agents can feed back the data to the bot, yeah. so that you know that can be more uh, real time. So we felt that this we are calling this module as inbox. So this is a human plus AI component that we are talking about.
0: Nice, nice. That is really good. Uh, that's very similar to in, what interactions do. I don't know if you've come across interactions, whereas they, they do a similar thing, which is they'll have a, a live agent classifying intent, but also in part, they, we spoke to Lisa Michaud, who, uh, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks back, and she was talking about how they actually, they will sometimes have a human take over the conversation very temporarily and then hand it back to the bot game once the once the contest is held which is yeah fantastic absolutely again this is
1: a natural uh, transition or natural uh, decision for us it was uh, it was organic we didn't again it was a need and then we had to build it yeah so that's the next important component but the last one to uh, talk about is uh, think uh, to circle back your question on uh, casisto uh, kind of uh, companies who do specifically banking Mm -hmm. in Fido specifically HR and stuff like that. So, um, so that's a, that's uh, a, that's a next uh, important one, right? So you should be able to have these pre-built verticalized bots built out uh, for your, uh, uh, so that, you know, it can be ready to use. Uh, Most of these uh, use cases are pre-baked into it. And a lot of those learnings can be pre-baked into this uh, mm. vertical bots. So that's the next important thing. We, we call it as a marketplace. So, market in marketplace, we have these vertically uh, built uh, these these bots built vertically with specific industries uh, with workflows conf- predefined, config- configured at the same time, uh, uh, integrations predefined. Uh, and then tested, and basically, and and learnings from all existing customers, and then which all these learnings and then intents and the data, everything is all those learnings are taken and then built these vertical bots uh, mm. for uh, um, specifically banking, vertical automobiles, uh, HR, uh, you know, uh, IT, uh, uh, insurance, and so all of these are like you know different multiple. BOTS Mm. built out and then uh, available on marketplace so that people can start off instantly. Uh, So that's the next, I would say that's the last module that I want to touch upon today.
0: Nice. Wicked. Yeah, definitely shortens the development cycle and gives people a place to start with. uh, You know, I'm assuming they can customise it if they want to, hook up their own integrations if they need to. But definitely giving them a a helping hand at getting started, I think, is definitely sensible. There's two little bits left. I know we're on time. We're a little bit over. I know it's probably getting on a little bit where you are now. uh, But two final bits I don't know whether you want to comment on, which is specific to the voice channel, which is speech recognition and text-to-speech. So I don't know how you are approaching that side of things at the moment. Any thoughts on those two components?
1: A couple of years back, we thought we should be doing it uh, in-house, speech recognition and uh, text-to-speech. So it was a conscious decision that we don't venture into that. Because already this the, the just the conversational understanding and the, the, the kind of components that we are working with itself is like huge. We don't didn't want to actually yeah. Maybe at later point in time to um, have more control over how the voice uh, uh, is being processed. Probably we might do it like late in couple of years or later. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, we felt that it is more. We sh- it's better to work with partners and then, yeah. Obviously, we started we worked with Deepgram as well. We. Uh, you know, we started uh, integrating Debram uh, with some of the voice bots. We work with Microsoft and and Google uh, in certain places, but we specifically decided not to build at this point in time. But mm. we do um, tune the uh, uh, TTS to our m- need, but we don't build everything in house there. Yeah. So it was a conscious decision.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> I think, well, to be honest, I mean, speech recognition is an entirely different problem. And uh, text to speech is also an entirely different problem. It's not language understanding, it's language production, which is entirely, it is really a entirely different problem. And so it's, it's uh, I think, definitely wise to do that until maybe it gets to a point, which I think it will get to a point, which is on the speech recognition side, maybe it's not so much, but there's potential value in having the speech recognition and NLU working hand-in-hand and closer together, potentially. So it's not it's not always speech-to-text and then NLU. Mm-hmm. It's also speech-to-text Absolutely. plus audio understanding on top of it, uh, a bit like what Speakeasy and stuff like that do. But it's it's definitely a different kettle of fish. And then on, this, on the speech production side, there's companies who are literally just specializing in that, like re or others. And so it's going to be difficult to to change that. And as soon as we get to a point where it's starting to become that way now where you can create um, your own bespoke voices, I think Microsoft released this ability as well. They've democratized this a little bit, which is being able to create your own custom voices. Um, yes. The more that that gets democratized, the less it's going to be a need for, for yellow AI because com- clients will basically just be able to record their own voice however they want to. Produce a synthetic voice, TTS voice, off the back of it, and just integrate it into your solution, kind of thing. So, yeah, probably less Absolutely. as important as TTS.
1: Absolutely, I, I felt that you know, that's the right approach that we are, we have taken. That you know we'll not build this in house because, as you said, a right, lot of these are commoditized, and we don't require specifically require, or we don't have a need to actually deeply integrate, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, the algorithms into the uh, existing system, right? So uh, it, there was, there's no specific need. But uh, one thing probably, as you said, that rather than intent recognition, the voice itself can be uh, directly utilized as, uh, rather than converting it to text, it can be used as intent analysis in later, a later point in time, but not uh, uh, any time in the next few years because we have, uh, I don't think that, that we, did, we had a problem where we need to do that. Uh, until next few years, this speech to text, text to speech, and the response times that we are getting—it's it's definitely really, really uh, 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 desirable outputs uh, is what we are getting from the existing systems itself. So we don't—we uh, uh, are not planning to do, build anything at this point in
0: time. Mhm wicked wicked well this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation thank you so much for joining us uh boys and girls do check out yellow.ai it is yellow.ai isn't it that's the, that's yes the yes yellow.ai yeah yellow.ai.
1: yellow ai is what we call it but yellow.ai also sounds yeah
0: good. yeah the yellow well that was on about the website the actual web address is yellow.ai is it yes yes yeah. that's right
1: yeah.
0: That's it. So do visit, I'll just double check that one. Yellow.ai. That's, yellow yellow dot EA, that's right. <laughs> uh, I thought it was, I'll just flippantly put it down there. So yeah, boys and girls, please do check out yellow.ai to learn more or just search yellow.ai, it'll come up without a shadow of a doubt uh, for, for more. And I will also, if it's all right with you, uh, Kishore, I'll put your LinkedIn links and stuff like that on the show notes and stuff like that if people want to reach out and, and find out more and and uh, inquire about your services.
1: Absolutely amazing. Looking forward, but yeah, uh, uh, it was great. Great insights, uh, Kane, and the kind of insights that you have in in this uh, uh, area is really amazing. So, you kind of predicted our components as well. (laughs) I think it's uh, you should definitely think about starting a conversational AI company.
0: Um, yeah yeah well we kind of have one we we are a consultancy we do do uh things like that um, but we also have you know the analysis the podcast the newsletters, and content so it's a bit of both it's a bit of education bit of consulting, but we don't actively build products basically uh but it's uh Amazing. yeah it's, the thing is it's it's the main the main thing is it's, it's interesting you know i've been doing this for four years now and every single time i have a conversation like this i learn something i meet someone new and it is just a you know fantastic fantastic thing to do so i appreciate you spending time with us especially given that you're you know away uh, at events and all that kind of stuff i appreciate you carving the time out
1: it, thanks. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast, uh Kane. Definitely. Uh well looking forward to more of these.
0: Nice one. Thanks. Nice one. Cheers. Thank you everyone. Definitely. Uh,
1: uh, next Thank you so week- much.
0: Cheers. Next week, boys and girls, Oh no, sorry, tomorrow, actually, it's Matt Portillo, uh, who's joining us from uh, Amelia. And we're going to be talking deeper about conversation design and why conversation design is a marathon and not a sprint. So please do tune in for that. Visit yellow.ai for more information about Yellow AI and visit videox.world forward slash subscribe to get all of these in your inbox as and when they happen. And even before they happen, you can come and join us live and so, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Kishore. It's an absolute pleasure. Must thank be you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers.